0: We are called to live faithfully for Jesus, 168 hours a week. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon and Chris.
1: Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast, where we try to help you live faithfully, 168 hours of every week. I'm Brother Rob, one of your hosts, and I'm here with my brother Brandon. How are you doing tonight, Brother Brandon? Rob, doing really well. Good to record another episode with you, brother. Absolutely. And, uh, we're having to do this one without our brother Chris. Uh, he's got some prior uh, arrangements, commitments, and so, uh, but I'm excited to do this with you. And we're going to stick with um, the, ch- the letters to the churches in Revelation. And tonight we're going to be looking at the letter to the church of Smyrna. and Brother Brandon, I
0: think you're going to kick us off there. Yeah, and uh, I was going to mention, it's kind of funny, uh, last week I was out, yeah. and it was just you and Chris, and, and now it's just now it's just me and Rob, so y'all get to be serenaded by our two voices and to drink from the deep wells of our minds. So. Uh, right. and this is <laughs> a, they're not very deep, are they? Uh, <laughs> no, pretty it's pretty shallow, but th- this is a first for Faith
1: 168, uh, as far as I remember, We've never done one, just the two of us. So
0: here we go. Yeah, yeah. So, to it, do things. be interesting. So. <laughs> but, uh, but we're excited to continue our study of the seven churches of Revelation, as Brother Rob introduced. And we're looking at the church at Smyrna, and Jesus begins with a word of commendation and encouragement to, to this church. He often does that in these seven letters. Um, I like how, uh, you described it last week, uh, brother Rob, I, I got to tune into that episode where, you know, Jesus approach here is kind of like a compliment sandwich, you know, yeah. uh, he will say something good. Um, and then he will kind of come down with a hammer on these churches about, um, some of the sins that, uh, are besetting them. But, uh, with this church at Smyrna, um, there really was no sin uh, brought up here. There's no condemnation or criticism. Jesus just flat out encourages them and commends them for what they're doing right. And we see that in verses eight through nine, where it says, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty but you are rich and the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. So a lot, a lot of interesting stuff in there, needless to say Uh synagogue of Satan and uh, false Jews, you know, people who say they're Jews or not. And Jesus saying, uh, I know you're poverty, but you're actually rich. So we're going to untangle all of that and see what Jesus is talking about here. But first you'll notice Jesus introduces himself as he does in each of these seven letters, and he does so with a description of himself mentioned in the first chapter where John is given a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. And each of these self-descriptions from the Lord pertain to the context of the church that he's speaking to, and um, here I believe Jesus is saying that um, he is in control, he's the sovereign ruler of history, and he is the giver of life, eternal life, that is, to anyone who belongs to him. So he says he's the first and last, you know, stressing that he's eternal, he's always been. He is the eternal God who is sovereign over history. But uh, Rob, here's a question for us to, to be thinking about. Um, how do you think this specific thing about Jesus might have been encouraging to the church at Smyrna uh, and how's it encouraging to us? You know, the fact that yeah. Jesus states here that he is eternal and sovereign.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I think
0: um,
1: the, the biggest thing in this life, even though a lot of, a lot of pastors, preach, especially in our day, uh, health, wealth, and prosperity, that's just not the truth of the gospel. Um, the truth of the right. gospel is that um, that they hated Jesus and so they're gonna hate us, that um, that the world, um, just like John says or Jesus says to John here that the fake Jews are the synagogue of of Satan, so too is the world. Uh, they're outdoing mm-hmm. the, the will of their father the devil. and um, because of that, oftentimes, Christian life comes with um, with hardship and persecution. Um, there are um, there are definitely wealthy Christians, and it, it's not bad to be wealthy. Um, yeah, but not all Christians are going to be wealthy. That's not a promise. We have many promises in Scripture, and they're all blessed. But but wealth, a material blessing, is not one of them. Um, yeah, and to to know that Smyrna. they didn't have a lot, earthly possessions, but they had more than they could um, ever think or imagine in Jesus and in the Spirit, and and what it means that he is preeminent, that, that he is the first, that he is the last, that he is eternal, means that there's nothing that can keep us from his hands, that he is... Um, he is the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he's going to provide for his people. And even if we don't get the riches in this life, um, I, I've heard it said many times that this life is your best life. Um, eternity's not going to be very good for you. Yeah, well, My best is, yeah, yeah. My best life is to come. Um, and so if I have to struggle through this one to get to the next one, um, 10,000 years from now, I'm not going to even consider the struggle because of the blessed peace and hope and joy and love that I experience in the presence of my savior. Um, so I, I think that's an excellent question. But what do you think?
0: Yeah, it's, I think you brought up really a lot of good points here. Um, You know, it's so encouraging that Jesus is, as you said, the same yesterday, today and forever, because, you know, we can have, you know, sunny days of prosperity, happiness and, you know, cloudless skies where we're just having a good day. We're just enjoying God's blessings. But then night comes and we're into the next day and we are in an unexpected trial or we get. Um, a very disheartening phone call or, or what have you. And, and the thing we need to remember is that, you know, Jesus is always good. The same Jesus who was sovereign and in control of our good days is also sovereign and in control of our bad days. And that's a really encouraging truth that he is unchanging, that he's always going to be good. He's always going to be gracious. Um, we can face anything, you know. Um, Anything that tomorrow holds, because we know Jesus is already there. He is sovereign. He is the first and the last. But what's also interesting here is, you know, Jesus, he does acknowledge that he is glorified and sovereign, uh, which also conveys that he is above us, and he is, as you said, preeminent. But it doesn't mean he's distant from us, does it? Because, you know, Jesus tells the congregation at Smyrna, I know what you're going through. And that's really comforting, isn't it? I mean, it's like, it's heartening to know Jesus is is in control, but it's equally as heartening to know that he is with us and he knows what we're experiencing. And uh, you see a few things mentioned here in verse 9. You know, he talks about, their tribulation, they were going through suffering and such. Um, You mentioned their poverty, right? You know, if they didn't have many earthly possessions, they weren't a very wealthy church. Um, And on top of that, they were being slandered by people pretending to be God's true people. Um, They're like, you know, you're you're not, you guys aren't God's true people. You're not the covenant people. Um, But it's really those people who were slandering this church that uh, Jesus has a pretty negative view of. I mean, he calls them a synagogue of Satan, um, which as you noted, brother Rob uh, talks about, uh, you know, their spirit, their true spiritual father, which is the devil. And so this church was really going through it, you know, Um, but they were encouraged to persevere knowing that the Lord is overall And he sees all of the suffering that we go through. And that's not all that Jesus has to say to this congregation. Uh, Rob, why don't you continue and and tell us what Jesus has to say to this church in verse 10.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Verse 10 says, uh, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison, that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown, of life, and and this brings up so much to my mind. One of the things that I think of when I hear these words is um, all Jesus Himself talk about the Christian life. Things that comes to my mind is is taking up the cross and not just taking mm-hmm. it up, but taking up the cross daily. Um, this idea is, is dying to self daily. So what does it mean to be faithful? Um, I think we're ever truly going to be faithful at all, that we have to be faithful unto death, but not just yeah the, the physical death that's come, but it's, it's the, the death to flesh every day. It's the the every temptation that comes, we put it to death. Are we always going to be successful? No. And John tells us that when we fall, we have an advocate, Father. Um, But our goal is to be faithful every time the opportunity presents itself. Um, And and so the crown of, of life ultimately here is talking about when we're faithful unto even physical death, um, that we'll be given something better than this mm. mortal life. Uh, we'll be given an immortal life with the eternal, perfect, glorified bodies uh, where we will rule and, and reign with Jesus forever and ever in the, on the new heaven, on the new earth, um, where Amen. he will wipe away our, our tears and uh, we will be his children. He will be our God. There will will be forever. What what a crown! Uh, I, I yeah. can't can imagine anything better to live eternal with my Savior. So uh, I guess that um, I would ask the, the listener, as well as you, brother. Um, what does it What does it mean? To be faithful. Um, not just in these times of great tribulation because um, great tribulation then, um, but, but I believe that each one of us go through tribulation. I believe that if we are truly following Christ um, and, and Satan sees us um, as an enemy of his, one who poses a threat that, that we will have great tribulation, uh, because the powers of darkness will try to drown out our light. So what does it mean to be faithful?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, because we we use that phrase a lot in, in Christianese, you know. <laughs> uh, we talk about it all the time. And, I mean, the Bible talks about it often as well. Um, but I think... Um, really the definition of faithfulness or being faithful according to scripture is just being steadfast, unwavering, obedient, reliable. Um, it is just doing what God says in every situation of life. Um, it's just one of those synonyms for, you know, obedience and, uh, following the Lord Jesus, surrender, submission, all those sorts of things. And we sort of get this idea of faithfulness from, from God actually, because the Bible speaks much more often about his faithfulness than it does ours. And I mean, what do we see as far as God's faithfulness? Well, he keeps his promises. He can be relied upon. He's unchanging. He's unwavering. Um, and that's really the example we're to follow. And of course, um, I love how you mentioned, you know, we'll, we'll never be perfect at it. We'll never get it right. Um, and that's true. You know, we can never be as faithful as God. Um, but one thing that's encouraging to me is knowing that faithfulness is actually a fruit of the Spirit, which means it is something God, the Holy Spirit, is always cultivating, watering, and germinating within our souls. It's His work, and we only need to just rely on Him for that. Um, I'm actually... Uh, preaching through like a kind of an aerial
1: view of book of Romans. Uh, so looking at Romans chapter eight this week, and we're looking at how the, um, even when we don't know what to pray, that the yeah. Holy Spirit um, groans on our behalf. Um, yeah. But these groans, they're not unintelligible. Uh, because the one who searches our hearts knows the spirit because they are one. And and it, it is such cool. an amazing thing to me that not only, and uh, in, in going back to God's faithfulness, uh, the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt in, in Jesus. And so we get the, the perfect mm-hmm. picture of the Godhead in Jesus. And I can't think of any more faithfulness than in the garden when Jesus is is, is so anxious, and he, he's so seriously contemplating the the next few hours as he's going to be beaten mm-hmm. beyond recognition. and He's going to be sped upon, and he's going to be lied about and mocked and, and hit, and, and he's going to be uh, pierced, and uh, he's going to be hung on the cross. And he's, he's praying to the Father, and he knows what's going on, but he says... Um, it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. What a, yeah. what a picture of faithfulness. Um, Absolutely. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, um, you talked about taking up your cross daily, and following Christ, and how we have to die to self, and I mean, that's pretty much what jesus did in the garden of gethsemane you know um he died to himself to do the will of god and and i do want to go back to that for just a moment um you you brought up a really great point at the end of verse 10 where jesus says be faithful unto death and you know if we're being honest with ourselves i think a lot of us have contemplated you know possibly having the sword of another caesar or herod on our neck and you know, we're asked if we're going to recant and renounce our faith in Christ and, and we're willing to die physically for Jesus, you know, for his name. And that's important. Oh. I mean, that's, that's something that is commended in scripture. I mean, even in the book of Revelation, one of the key characters are martyrs, yeah. those who have died for the faith. But I think we're less willing to die daily, to die to our own selfish desires, uh, to our selfish ambitions, to our sin, to our evil will. And, you know, that's that's just as important to the Lord as being put physically to death uh, for his name. So, and, you know, um, this church at Smyrna, you know, Jesus does encourage them to be faithful to death, but before they were uh, possibly going to die for Christ, you um, we see, uh, and you may you may have uh, been preparing to bring this up, but he talks about being thrown into prison. You know, the devil's going to throw you into prison that you may be tested uh, for ten days. What What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to
0: to bring something up. I didn't know how deep we wanted to
1: go tonight, um, <laughs> but I, this, um, and it might not be where you're going, but I'm going to get there. Hopefully. <laughs> but but I wanted to, okay. to throw this in there first um, thinking back to to Daniel chapter 7 um, we see that the son of man approaching the ancient of days and um, the son of man is um, is given a kingdom um, and then we see that the little horn is', um, is cut down we see yeah. that... Um, see that even in later on in the book of Revelation as well as a deeper study of Daniel that we won't get into Satan is, <laughs> is bound he's chained um, so what's interesting here is that to, to me anyways is that Satan is, is going to throw us throw, mm. throw them into prison
0: yeah that is
1: interesting. But he's bound and so how does he do that um, does it through people who have yet to surrender themselves to Christ um, yeah. and so the devil is doing his work through people and yeah. um, and you know what's scary to me I know we're not given a, a spirit of fear but I th- I think scary probably wouldn't be heard but something to, to consider I think for churches, um, Jesus and Peter are having a conversation, right? And all the disciples are in there too, but Peter's the one speaking up. And at one point, Jesus convinced Peter and he says, man, your name is, is Peter. And upon the rock of your declaration on the, the rock that you said that I am the Messiah, the son of the living God, I'm going to build my church on your name. Um and yeah. then not two seconds later, he calls Peter Satan. Um, and, <laughs> and so how many times, if we're not faithful, are we acting mm. in a way that gives Satan power that he shouldn't have? Um, yeah,
0: that's powerful.
1: And um, and and so. Um, I'll let you go into the prison part in a minute, but I, I want to go into the prison of today, um, because I, I think that's so important for our understanding. Um, Satan has no power over the believer. He he has no yeah. power over life and death. That's in God's hand. He has no, no power to force me to sin because God has always given me a way out. Um, it's my choice whether I sin or not. Um, he has no power right. over that. Um, he has nothing to, to hold me down. In fact, um, according to, to my reading of Scripture, uh, as Paul says, I, I am seated in the heavenly places right now. I rule and reign in right. the kingdom of God right now. Um, some of that reign is over Satan and and the demons. Yeah. Um, and so the only way he has any power to, to put me into a prison um, is if, you know, now this is a, a, a spiritual prison. We'll talk about outward prison in a minute. But the only way he can put me in a, a prison in my own mind or in my own spirit is if I allow him to.
0: And so yeah, what that means
1: right. is is I've got to, to stand up to him and I've got to turn him down. I've I've got to be ready and willing and and, and prayed up and walking in the Spirit and full of the Spirit, so I, that I can turn him down. Because one of Satan's greatest tricks is is he knows when when to get us. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And so if we're not vigil vigilantly trying to 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 put on the armor and and. And, and protect ourselves, he's going to come in at the right time, and he's going to take us off guard, and, and, and that's going to put us, um, that's going to, bind, uh, it's going to bind us down. But the thing is, um, yeah, is that he has no power except for the power that we give him. Now, mm-hmm. the, the physical prisons, because we know still in, in our world today, there are people being put in prison and even killed for their faith right now as, as we speak. Um, around the world, um, there are Christians who have to gather in secret or underground. They have to, um, to hide their, their Bible, um, so, so they don't get caught and and thrown in prison or, 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 killed for their, their faith. The way that Satan is doing that is because he has, um, he has people who are, um, they say they pledge their allegiance to themselves. They they are um, doing what's best for them, but what they're doing is is playing right into the devil's hand. They're 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 worshiping yeah. him through worshiping self, uh, and through that they they can then have power to put us in the prisons. But you know what's interesting to me is that I believe that that shows the failure, and and I say this with all respect and and humility, saying that I'm a, I'm part of the problem and, and, and I have to step up and, and be a fix, but that still falls on the church. Because if the church would stand up and love and serve and care, not everybody's going to turn to Jesus. But man, if we showed the world the love that Jesus had, and thinking back to Jesus' is prayer with the Father, his a high priestly prayer where he um, is praying about God sending the Holy Spirit, he, he talks about us being one as he and the Father are one. And when we are unified, when we're loving each other, when we're living in love and unity, that's when the world will see, and that's when they will be convicted, and that's when they will be transformed by, by the renewing power of the Spirit. They, um, and, and so I believe even the fact today that, that there are people that are, are under the, the power of Satan is the failure of the church. Now, I think the church has done a lot of good things, too. Um, modern medicine is a product of the church. Um, you know, many of the, the charities of, of the day that for the needs of, of many people around the world, many uh, disaster relief teams or Christians and, and they're doing great work but but Satan is under our feet, he is bound, we have every right and authority over him um, Yeah. so we ought to, to stand up fight the spiritual fight against him and, and I think we would
0: see a, a world transformed for the gospel um, Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think we see it, exactly what you're saying, verified in that the church of today looks nothing like the church in the book of Acts. Um, The devil was still bound then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Christians still were victorious over Satan during the period of the book of Acts. But look what happened there. Um, You know, people's lives were changed. People were saved by the thousands the gospels going forth rapidly to the ends of the earth in only a few years but we don't really see that today and I think it's it kind of falls on us um, that we have just not gone back to being faithful that we have just not been faithful to do what God has called us to do. but um, speaking of um, you know the fact that the devil you know, He still works on us. He still fights us. He still attacks us. Um, Clearly, he still has some power, some influence. You know, we even see that with this church at Smyrna that Jesus foretold that they would be thrown in prison. Um, And I don't know about uh, the way you see this here in verse 10, but um, really, I think it just means that they're going to be thrown into a physical prison, but it's not going to last forever. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think that as with most uh, revelations, you have to um, spiritual truth in words on the page. Um, Yeah. I I believe what we're seeing here is that they'll be uh, put in prison, but... About this prison is limited. What is life yeah. compared to eternity? Bible will use it. it's like a puff of smoke, it's gone, yeah. it's here for just a second, and then it's gone. It, it, you can watch it and it disappears. Uh, that's what life is, um, and so it, it doesn't matter. You know, Ten days, ten years—doesn't um, matter. The fact that they're going to be in prison means nothing for eternity, uh, because yeah. if they'll be faithful in that, the crown of life is theirs. And and I do think that we ought to uh, to to bring into this the the idea that. They're not being rewarded with salvation because of their faith, or I'm sorry, because of their faithfulness. Um,
0: yeah, that's important.
1: But their faithfulness is like you said earlier; it's a fruit of the faith that saved them to begin with. Yeah, and and it's just like Abraham. Abraham was righteous before he took Abraham uh, before he took Isaac up on the mountain. But the day yeah, that exactly. he took Isaac up the mountain, God reaffirmed his promise. And I think that's just what he's doing here. He's reaffirming the promises to those who prove to be the faithful ones, the ones that prove that their faith was genuine. Um, as James would say, you show me your, um, your faith, I'll show you my faith with works. I'll show yeah. you the, the proof of my faith because of the fruit. And I believe that's what these these people are doing. And what we should do today is, is prove that we do have faith that we have been saved by the fruit of faithfulness, even prison, even
0: unto death. Yeah, and this might be a good segue into the death that Jesus talks about at the end of this passage. Um, he... Talks about the second death, right? In verse eleven, he says, "He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death." And I mean, for for there to be such a thing in Revelation as a second death, and we'll talk about what that means, but for this to even exist. That, that must imply that there is a first death. Right. Right. Sure. Um, and so, again, I think this is Jesus, you know, forewarning this congregation that some of them may have to die for the honor of Christ's name. You know, be faithful unto death. Be faithful even if it gets there. And he says, you know, you might experience the hurt of the first death, which is physical death, but Jesus assures them and all who believe and persevere to the end that they will not be hurt by the second death, which that to me is the, um, death of the spiritual. Um, it's not where somebody is, you know, annihilated. Um, it is, The death of the spiritual, and and later on in Revelation, uh, we're told about this, that the second death is the lake of fire. And Jesus is saying, you know, you believers, you don't even have to worry about that. He doesn't even say you're going to die the second death. He says the one who conquers won't even be hurt by it. Won't even be bruised, won't be scarred or even touched by the second death. And that's uh, a great encouragement.
1: I uh, love the way Jesus puts idea here, and this isn't something new for Jesus, it's something that John would have heard many, many times. But he says, He who has an ear, let him hear. Mm. And uh, obviously, we all have ears. And there might be some among us that um, have the ability. To hear, but um, everybody has ears, but oftentimes we don't listen. Um, yeah, all are accused of that, and, and rightfully so, many times in, in our life. Um, I, I was telling my world history class today that we have a quiz on Tuesday, and um, so we did a, like a, a practice. Um, called Look It. It's a, a game site that um, they're asked questions and they're able to level up and different stuff for get um, coins or whatever for right answers. Okay. And uh, I think one of my classes scored an average of everybody together of 40. And uh, so what that tells me is that um, they hadn't been listening. I know they have <laughs> yeah. ears. I know they can hear, uh, right. <laughs> but they haven't been listening. Um, and uh, we we went through it, and they did better a few times. But uh, but nonetheless, we have to pay attention to, to what Jesus says. Um, and this is so important. The one who conquers. What do you think Jesus means here by... Conquer.
0: Well, to conquer means to vanquish and overcome. Um, And, you know, in this context, I think uh, what he's talking about conquering is, you know, the fear of the persecuting world and, you know, fear of the devil coming against you to use his uh, pawns in power to bring persecution to you. But really... Um, This could apply generally to just everything we face as believers. And um, really, the whole testimony of Scripture is that all of God's true children, all true believers will conquer. They will persevere to the end. That doesn't mean we will uh, vanquish and overcome everything that comes our way. We won't always be victorious over the devil. We won't always vanquish every temptation but we will not ultimately be overcome by any of those things right. by God's power and grace we will conquer and endure to the end if we truly know Christ I love the word conquer here it's just yeah it's something that I wouldn't have but
1: we're talking about being thrown in prison and dying for your faith that doesn't sound like conquering but But in the upside-down kingdom, the the kingdom of God where the first is the last and the last is the first, the one where where you come (laughs) to lay your life down in order to to gain it, you conquer by not beating the elements outside of your body, but you conquer when when you completely, successfully have victory over the problems within our bodies. When when we defeat the the, the battle yeah. of, of our our minds, we overcome Satan through through faithfulness, and and this isn't something that we can muster up the courage. We're we're not strong enough to pull ourselves by, up by our bootstraps for this. We need right. the power of the Holy Spirit in order to do this. But the thing about it is is the New Testament calls us more than conquer. Uh, the reason is yeah. because we stand in the finished work of the victory of Jesus, um, and we just have to have faith that, that he his victory is is enough. Once we do that, nothing that we won't conquer. Um, the beauty of that is that, um, the second death, the one that that wasn't designed for humanity in the first place. Um, hmm. the, the one that, that we weren't ever supposed to, to have to worry about that second death it, it's real it's something to consider and it's something to um, put weight in but even greater than that have a God that, that loves us so much he emptied himself in flesh, he dwelt among us, lived a perfect life, life that I couldn't, died in my place. His death provides me the life that he deserves, as his death was the death that I deserve. Because Amen. Of death, Never have to go through the second day. One day, if Jesus doesn't come back before then, my physical body is going to pass away. Uh, but my spirit is eternal, I'm made in the image of God, I'm made eternal from conception. Which means that my my spirit will not die, but um, I'm in Christ to be with him forever and the second death has no effect doesn't hurt me you know I think that's a good part to talk to when we consider um there's going to be some of our loved ones not diligent I think it's time for <laughs> me to go, go to bed if we're not careful <laughs> and we don't if we don't do the work that we're supposed to do. Some of our loved ones are going to taste the second death.
0: Um, yeah, it's The true. fact
1: that it won't hurt us means that somehow Jesus is, is going to um, to heal us from that too. And I, I don't know what that means. I, I don't know exactly what it's like. But my hope is that, that through me, everyone I love and I come into contact with, see the love of Jesus and desire a relationship with Him. I hope that that our conquering doesn't just end with me, but and and once again, I'm not saying that that I can do this myself. It's the Holy Spirit that's providing the conquest in my life. But as I I conquer things and people are able to see that, I I hope that they see Christ in me and and are able to, experience the crown of life too. They don't have to experience the second death. Like I said, as human beings made in the image of God, we are made as eternal spiritual beings. The second death doesn't mean an end like death that we know it. That's Mm -hmm. a separation. So the second death is, is eternal separation from God that loves us, the, the God that I believe has revealed himself to every person that has ever lived uh, in one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. Paul says one way that he does that is, is simply through creation. Uh, his creation speaks of, of the grandeur of, of the king of kings, the creator of all things. Um but, but one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and it doesn't matter on that day as it matters in this life. Um, yeah, So true. So my, my challenge um, to, to you, our, our listener, um, is, is be encouraged. If you are a child of God, you're more than a conqueror, the More you walk in faith, the more faithful you will be, not because your own effort, but because of the fruit of the Spirit that is inside of you. And you will receive the crown of life one day. Let that motivate you to live a life uh, uh, of dying to self and living for Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. And if you're listening to this and ever not walked an aisle, not raised a hand, not said a prayer, but if trusted Jesus as a Savior. If you've returned to him, if you've ever repented, simply means a, a change of mind. If you've never changed your mind to, to trusting yourself and trusting in Jesus' finished work, um, I, I plead with you, would you reach out to Jesus today? Make him Lord of your life. Repent. You turn from your sin to the work of Jesus. Um, Will be a conqueror. You won't face hurt by the second day. You will receive the crown of life. So.
0: Amen. Very good thoughts. I think that's a good place to end. And uh, we do want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Faith One Six Eight podcast. And we pray this study of this letter to the Church of Smyrna has truly blessed all of you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the first and the last who died and came to life. And we know that it is through your finished work that we have assurance, full assurance, that we will not be hurt by the second death. And we just pray that we might continually realize that there are folks out there who are headed for the second death if they do not hear and believe the gospel and help us just to open our mouths and speak the gospel boldly and fervently so that they can hear and believe the gospel. And we do pray we all might take courage from this letter that as we face troubles and trials and maybe even persecution unto death, that none of that really matters in comparison to the great reward you have laid up for us in glory. We praise you. We thank you. We ask all these things in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page, and we will see you in 168 hours.